0: Can we curse in the show? Yeah. I guess yeah, I like gives a freaking shit about Frankenfish anymore. Right. They're got Sharknado and Spider-Man or whatever. Let's, let's put, bring this back.
1: going well so over the weekend i forced you to watch two movies
0: yes you did force is the the correct word
1: i i literally i i blackmailed you in all ways to watch two movies and i'm wondering if you might have sensed the theme about them
0: something i think it has to do with the body of water the things that live inside them well that
1: that doesn't narrow it down enough. This is yeah, that 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 is too vague. This is way more specific than that.
0: Are there too many things that live in the waters?
1: It, you, I he mean, could be talking about a shark that I've seen in a couple octopus movies, I've seen I've seen a mermaid movie or two. I, there's a lot of things the in that little water. little mermaid. We did not we did not watch the little mermaid.
0: What a horror movie.
1: She is technically a monster in in a movie, so she might count yeah, for an episode down the road. But we watch movies about big old fish, real yeah. big fish,
0: real Earth. big fish. The band,
1: the band. They have a movie of where they are a fish. Um, We watched two movies. Yes, we watched Frankenfish 2004 and we watched Beneath, which I think is 2013.
0: 2013, yeah.
1: And they're not terrible they're not the worst thing
0: no not at all um i mean should i should i say how i feel about both of them now or should we wait till we get to each one no no no
1: no we're gonna talk about frankenfish first okay because for whatever reason we're gonna go in chronological order
0: in both the years they were released and also the days we watched them and they're also
1: they're clearly in a shared universe of giant fish movies, but we can get into that later. Anyways, yes, they're related. Frankenfish is the story of a medical examiner and a fish and wildlife expert who find a mangled body by the riverbank in Louisiana. And upon further inspection, they realize that something terrible escaped from a boat from China. Um, will they leave the bayou in one piece? Or be torn to shreds by Frankenfish. Who knows? But that's the movie. That's that's what it's about. Um, and it's directed by. Mark A.Z. Dippy. Who famously. Had his directorial debut. Of the movie Spawn. Which is very clear on the title of the DVD. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, if you didn't know this man directed Spawn. Just pick up the movie. The DVD version of Frankenfish. You will know by the end of reading the front cover.
1: And he did this and Spawn. And then he did like three straight to DVD Garfield movies. But he also he like before he was a director, he worked on some pretty cool stuff. He worked on Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. He worked on The Abyss. He did Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Hunt for Red October, Back to the Future, like some really big movies. Obviously, he's not like in a commanding position in making these movies. But he worked on a lot of impressive stuff which I guess is why he directs Spawn. Um, Someone must have seen something in there that, hey, this is going to be like a visual effects heavy movie. Maybe we should get like a visual effects guy to do it. Um, (laughs) Obviously, that didn't work out too well. Um, I mean, Spawn is what it is. I love it, but uh, most people hate that movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely kind of like, I wouldn't wouldn't say guilty pleasure, but it's a very much, I mean, kind of like the theme of our podcast. It's a quintessential kind of B movie, you know, for the 90s. Um, That is not bad. It's perfectly watchable. People
1: like to, uh, well, theme of the podcast, people like to dogpile on a lot of these movies because quite honestly, they're not very good. But there's a lot of good things about them that people kind of just gloss over because the overall picture isn't as good as, like, you know, the standards we hold our movie expectations up to. Which is uh, uh, well, spoiler if, if you like spawn, you're gonna love Frankenvision, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I think I would say yes. I think if you like spawn, you will like most of it? Pretty much most, most of it, yeah.
1: I I think like spawn in my mind was like a it could if so if spawn was made for the sci-fi channel and released direct to TV, no one would have an issue with this movie. Okay. <laughs> It was a big budget, big deal that made it uh, kind of terrible, which I think is why I, I kind of like Frankenfish a lot. Is that when I watched it the first time when it came out, I said to myself, like, hey, of all the sci fi movies I've watched, this one's pretty good. Um, so in its class, I think it's it's great. Did you, what are your thoughts? Are you like, what is the Frankenfish in your mind? Is it a, an A plus? Is it a B?
0: Um. Yeah. So, you know going into frankenfish and, and knowing what it was being a, a you know sci-fi original kind of horror movie um i wasn't expecting much i f- i mean frankly again because I, haven- I don't watch many sci-fi original movies that much i was expecting you know some kind of stupid like you know and forgive me for saying it but you know like sharknado movie or one of those like kind of more modern Uh, sci-fi original films that just try to be bad on purpose and it's really unfunny because of it um frankenfish starts out and i would say even the first 40 minutes like it's a real movie it's it's a little silly and you know you don't like the title of the movie really reminds you what you're watching but the first those first 40 minutes like just like well it's well made, it has a nice direction, the plot makes sense, the characters like evoke real, like maybe not three-dimensional, but two-dimensional aspects of themselves. And like there's something kind of mysterious about what's in the water here, unfortunately, until they show it, which case that's kind of Robin View. Um but I, I would say the first 40 minutes, uh, pretty good. I genuinely. And then the last like half hour, just kind of like eh. Kind of uh brings it down for me.
1: Yeah, the first 40 minutes are good T made-for-TV movie drama. Yeah. Um there's something mysterious going on, there's a lot of buildup to what is gonna eventually happen in the movie. Um, meaning that you know the two characters essentially find a body. They're investigating on the lake, they find a boat, something mysterious kind of happens. Um, they encounter some of the residents who live on the water in floating houseboats, which is one of the great things, that, like that, that that's like one of the smart decisions that the movie makes is that all their characters are like their homes are on the water. So like yeah. when they get attacked, like, they can't just like up and leave because they like kind of like live here. And they're yeah. always questioning whether it's like, oh, it, well, it'll probably go away. Or they make these excuses which is smart. Um, unfortunately, after that 40 minute mark, it is a whole bunch of CGI fish uh, that doesn't look as good. I mean, it, from if you like the CGI in Spawn, then you can't complain about the CGI Frankenfish. <laughs> fish, but um, it doesn't look great.
0: No. And
1: then the movie kind of takes off and there is like a death every three minutes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that another, that's another surprising thing. Like there isn't much in terms of violence or anything in the first, you know, 40 or so minutes people do no. die, but it's nothing like nothing too grotesque or what have you, which I mean, we're here, we're here for that. So we kind of want that, but yeah, I mean the, the fact that, you know, uh, A or Dippy, I forget, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, uh, restrained himself for a made for TV horror movie to not even show the monster until, I mean, I don't think we actually see them. The, frankenfish until that 40 minute mark um the movie really just shifts and becomes just kind of a run-the-mill like you know exactly what you'd expect from tv at two in the morning kind of horror movie
1: um
0: we're we're stuck with easily one of the worst characters ever written for a movie uh who uh (laughs) I won't spoil it, but he's 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 around for a very long time, longer than he should be. in The movie just doling out terrible jokes that aren't even funny in like a ironic sense, like like years later, hindsight kind of thing. It's just like, oh, my God, this is I can't believe people thought this would be like the comedy, the comedic edge. Just very. Ugh.
1: Yeah, that, that what's his name in the movie? Do you remember?
0: I believe it's Dan is it dan yeah, yeah. dan sucks
1: to this whole movie um and he's kind of like built up as a character who does suck um i think that's like the point of him obviously he's like the boyfriend of the main character's love interest so he's like bound to fail or die or do something bad i was just surprised that he wasn't like immediately gone uh, <laughs> and they kept him around for just the worst dialogue he makes two fish food references like once he's like we're fish food and then he's like hey we're gonna be fish food he like repeats the (laughs) same two terrible lines i don't understand why he's there um maybe they paid him up front and they're like you gotta stick around to the end buddy okay
0: (laughs) i guess i you know it's it's in the perfect way that you should i mean not that i know how to make movies myself but i feel like you know, the perfect setup is this guy sucks. He's dating the love interest, of the main character. Why would you keep him around until literally spoilers? The, the last 30 seconds. Like he's he's alive throughout the whole entire movie. he never, he does not, he does not perish until the movie's over. He's in a,
1: he's like a Marvel post credit scene.
0: Yeah. Character. Set, setting up Frankenfish fish, uh, to Frank and fishies. Um, and
1: can I we, think, wait? Can we can we make that? Can we yeah, make I mean,
0: I, I doubt sci-fi you know gives can we curse on the show? Yeah, I sure. doubt sci-fi gives a freaking shit about Frank and Fish anymore. Right. They got Sharknado and Spider Man or whatever. Let's let's put bring this back.
1: I think it'd be really ironic if we said like there's no cursing on the show, but we will talk about several movies where women are uh, you know sexually abused. Uh, they curse a lot in them. Some of them are exploitation films (laughs) with no current cigars in case a kid wants to see or hear a podcast about movies he can't watch.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, violence and dismemberment and extreme, you know, horror is fine. But as soon as you say, like, fuck or, you know, you show even the hint of skin, that's it. You're fine. You're done.
1: Speaking, this is actually a really great transition. So there is... fair amount of nudity in this movie which i never realized because i always watched it on tv but there is a scene where the bad guy is introduced and there is a topless woman just playing with i don't know if it's a its some kind of big cat uh it's like a- he's like a hunter yeah um, in the movie
0: another good another great setup wasted <laughs> at the last half hour um but yeah we do see one of I guess I mean not that I was not that I was clearly I it if I did count it, but I wasn't counting. I don't think um, at least you know four, three or four scenes of of uh, you know Bajubis, as they're called. Um, red, yep. Identical were Latin as well, and of course again not a bad thing. I think especially when it comes to horror, mixing you know that human element of like sexuality and being scared kind of works. I mean you know you look at a lot of the you know 80 stuff where it was a lot of teenage you know sexual angst and desire um obviously frankenfish it's a bunch of like 30 plus year old people just like you know fighting a a fish it it, it feels unnecessary but i feel like again i'm being like that there's no reason to point it out i don't think it's it's there they these women look very nice it's 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 good for (laughs) them uh um but it doesn't add anything or detract anything. It's mostly that scene where you meet the hunter guy, and this woman is just literally giving him, like, a blowjob. And he's yep. just like, yeah, all right, cool. I'll get my people on it. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, man, whatever. You're the boss. Cool.
1: Well, there's the other scene with Ludedee is uh, the people on the houseboats. One of the residents of the houseboats, they're, like, hippies. And they're also like nudists, yes. Or they just don't care about being naked, and that's their introduction to them is that they're just naked, and they're they're smoking weed, of course, too. Um, but I guess going back to the villain, there is a human villain in this movie that's kind of, um, he's kind of a, he's not like a, a super villain. He's kind of a jerk. Um, like he comes. Uh, the backstory of the whole sh- spiel is. Frankenfish was invented uh, by this hunter so that he could hunt it. Right. Um, and he wants, like, the most dangerous game, I assume. Which is weird, because I guess in the introduction of the movie, he doesn't know that his fish has escaped. So he finds out it has escaped. He gets a crew together. And at this point, the people on the uh, lifeboats, ra- or the houseboats, I should say, are already, like, dying. <laughs> They're already, like, everything's in disarray when they show up. And they help them, actually, sort of, by killing one of them, one of the frankenfishes. There's multiple frankenfishes, spoiler Um, But then they're jerks where they're like, at the end of the movie, they're like, well, I don't want to go into the monsters then alone. Why don't you go with me? So, like, he's not the worst guy in the world. He's definitely an asshole. But he's not, like, killing other members of the <laughs> crew like in some other horror movies, you know?
0: Yeah. Um. I guess the one thing that, I mean, this is more personal. It's not really on the movie to you know please whatever I want to see, mm-hmm. but I really like when horror movies. Um, I shouldn't say really like, but I, I appreciate when it's done well. Where a horror movie like has like a monster or you know what have you, and instead of that being like the ultimate antagonist, it's actually like you know a human. or or, you know it's a person it's something with an actual agenda and history and and whatever and i thought that's kind of what this movie was setting up with the hunter guy he has like his whole like crew of like essentially gangsters who are gonna go you know meet with the people in the bayou and then they're gonna i guess you know fight each other that doesn't really happen which again not a bad thing but it just seems very unnecessary um it seems it seems more complicated than it should be, especially of a movie that's again made for TV. Like I don't know why even bother having it if you're just gonna have this, you know, Frankenfish thing kill everyone. Just let that be the thing. You don't have to include three different subplots that don't really go anywhere.
1: I, I I picture you going to Mr. Dippy and being like, Hey, at this point in the movie, does it really make sense? Like all the fish are dead. Maybe like the humans could fight each other. And he's just like, But what about if we we, it, we just had a bigger fish think about it all the small fish are gone but what if there was like a really big one um and you'd be like
0: that works i guess that'd be cool too i mean look like i said I, I don't i don't need the movie to have those things but i guess just like if you're gonna it's like it's like the whole what is it Chekhov's gun thing you're gonna put yep. this in there and then you're not even you're you know you're not even gonna shoot the gun you're gonna like misfire and like it's just more characters at the end of the movie that don't need to be there. It, it just kind of mucks everything up already more than like the whole last half hour is like, I don't I don't need it. Yeah. It just is so unnecessary. It doesn't contribute anything to the movie or story whatsoever. They don't need to be there.
1: Yeah. I think like, honestly, one of the things that I was thinking about, because um, there's the thing in the movie Where these guys show up, and and Frankenfish uses its tail to flip one of them into the blades of their fan boat and (laughs) destroys them. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, did they like did they get these guys in here just for that that one scene? Because like directors and people in these stupid movies are like, well, we got to have the fan boat because you know when we were writing the movie, we really wanted to have someone get uh, fanned up and exploded everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is cool. Look, I'm I'm all for it, but. (laughs) i feel like there's there's so much potential for this movie and everything i just kind of like falls to the wayside in that last half hour and it really it kind of bothers me like just how much that potential gets lost like i i really enjoy it like even as a movie itself like it's made well you have a you know um, a film that doesn't necessarily i'm not gonna say it's great but it doesn't really like doesn't treat like you know Quote unquote swamp culture or the bayou, like it's like these bunch of weirdos and freaks, and like it has you know some nice representation of like at least it tries to, you know, of what it's like down there besides the you know, frankenfish. Um, which is some, well, which, they,
1: they do have frankenfishes down there in their defense,
0: they, oh, they probably have several. Um, and I'm sure many, many, uh, many afoots have been lost. Um, I just so... wish, just wish it had. I wish it kept that kind of momentum. I almost wish, like, I almost wish like the Frankenfish chick wasn't even like a monster. Like it just turned out to be like a weird fish, and there was a real murderer on the losers. And the murderer was called
1: Frankenfish. It was like an ironic uh, name he was given in school.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the movie also starts, by the way, with the main character on a crime scene of a mangled body, and yep. then the police chief tells him, "Okay, you're done with this. I got something else for you." Like, <laughs> not even might as well try, right? Yeah,
1: so my question on the potential of this movie to be good um, comes from this movie kind of being based on real events. And and I like tell people that, I'm like, hey, you know, Frankenfish was based on a true story. And they're like, fuck you. No, but really, um, this is one of, I think, three different movies based on a real fish called the snakehead. And... In, like, the 90s, maybe early 2000s, somewhere around there, there were, like, a lot of, like, overhyped news stories. Kind of like how, like, today you see, like, um, killer bees or what are they, murder hornets? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that the Sci-Fi Channel is already working on murder hornet movies, but they're just aggressive fish that were brought over from China. Brought over, I don't know. Someone did it. And the thing about them is they're really aggressive and... They're not native, so they wipe out a lot of the population, but they can also live on land, um, which is like the big thing that in all the headlines they hit on is that like, hey, there's this fish that it's going to eat all the fish in the lake, and then it's going to flop itself over to your pond and then do the same thing until everything is fucked. And it's just an overblown news story, but it, it got made into, well, Frankenfish swarm of the snakehead and snakehead terror. And I think there's like a swamp one. Um, and there's also a documentary called Fish Zilla Snakehead Invasion about the actual events. Um, and they use this in the movie. They describe what a snakehead is, they describe it comes over from China. Um, and I think from the, the concept point of view, Frankenfish doesn't need this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe these other movies do, but Frankenfish, you don't have to explain what the fish is. Um it does flop around on land a lot, so maybe that explanation helps some people explain why it's flopping up on the decks and on land and eat people. But I don't need it.
0: No, not at all. Um, and also, I mean, they—I re- mean, I do reference it in the movie too. The whole snakehead incident thing. Um, it's it's like, I mean, obviously the the fish is very invasive. But it's not, it doesn't eat people, you know. Don't be afraid. It might, maybe it'll bite you, but it won't, it will not devour you whole. Um, and I do appreciate Frank and Fish, uh, you know, following through with that, letting a fish just eat people. That's great. I think that one of, I think one of our, there's only one scene where
1: we both either went, what the fuck, and also kind of laughed out loud was when the inspector, the medical examiner, and the wildlife expert, they get to like the,
0: ship that the fish came from
1: (laughs) and they look at like i guess what are they like dumpling steamers i I don't know if they were
0: if it was food or like a game i couldn't even tell what it was
1: but she like turns to the guy he's like the crew was chinese and it's hilarious one because it doesn't add to like whatever we're discovering no it was like also they're like on a boat so like what are they doing with this stuff (laughs) um it feels like it was just thrown in there because, like, they had to adapt it to like be true to life story, and that was really dumb. So maybe don't do that in your movie about snakeheads.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly it's supposed to, yeah, because everyone—I mean, not everyone, but especially like American movies—they treat like China and Chinese people like they're from another fucking planet. So it's like, oh my god, what else would bring these mutated, genetically engineered fish but the Chinese? And the fact that the, one of the characters only knows this because apparently the people ate dumplings or whatever the hell it was, just come on, get you can do better. Put a, put a flag like on the side of a boat or something. Why Why is that how you know?
1: Uh, yeah, because it's clearly not like there's nothing else that says, like, oh, I, I don't know. I also have a problem being like they were Chinese and that's why they brought over the Chinese snakeheads. Like, you know, the Americans can bring over Chinese snakeheads too, okay? All right? Yeah, you so probably do it better
0: which we we do discover it was uh, an american man all along who yeah. who instigated this terror um and yeah i mean again, i'm really curious really curious about this this one guy cuz he's definitely like a hunter or whatever but i also feel like he's like a crime boss or something just a lot of uh, i want to i want i want that story give me that prequel of frankenfish where we learn about the hunter guy this
1: does not have a prequel our next movie does Yes, but before we switch topics, and I guess we're, we've talked. I mean, I think I'm, I've exhausted the topic of Frankenfish already because it's kind of a shallow movie. But before we switch, I gotta ask the most important question: Would you recommend Frankenfish to someone?
0: I think if you if you're interested in watching it, yeah, absolutely. Um, as, I, as I mentioned before, I think the first forty minutes kind of kicks ass; like it's well yep. made um my biggest complaints about it number one last of hour just kind of goes nowhere feels unnecessary some bad characters and the other thing i forgot to mention was uh, the soundtrack the soundtrack is oh, so yeah. nothing like it's just if this had like some nice like john carpenter synths in the background this i would easily say oh yeah no without a doubt check this movie out um but still even as it is yes i think people give it a shot. It's it's a fun movie overall.
1: Yeah, I think I I recommend if you're a fan of sci-fi movies and you, know, you obviously endured some pain, then like this movie isn't bad. Um it's CGI is fine. The monster design is fine. If you like if you want to watch a movie about a fish instead of a shark for a change of pace, and you've already seen Piranha, then this is the movie for you. <laughs> um but yeah, and if if you really like if you like gore and over the top action, this has a lot of that. Um, so if you're some of the person who you know, you know laughs and claps at the guy going into the fan boat and getting it uh, smoothied uh, for a better word, then you'd like this movie. And the first uh, setup is really good, like you said. First forty minutes are like actually pretty good. Um, the last whatever half hour of it is messy, typical sci-fi stuff, yeah. but it's well done in terms of like characters who are involved, the CGI that's involved for the time period. Uh, you know, and, and it had some production value. So like it's it's a sci-fi movie, but Columbia TriStar was involved. So they had some budget. So this isn't low budget Slock. So yeah, if you like monster movies, you check check out Frankenfish, I think. Um it is definitely not as bad as you're gonna expect it to be. And then you can say you've seen two movies by the Spawn director and because there's no more. That's that's all
0: you get. That's all we've you know, been all I've been graced with is just two live action ones. You you
1: you can say like honestly I've seen all the movies in the dippyverse, right? <laughs> um and that's okay. So, I guess moving on. The second movie we watched was a movie called Beneath. Uh there are other movies called Beneath. Okay, this is the one from 2013. Okay. There's other horror movies called Beneath. Yes. But this is the one from 2013. Um, and it's about a group of post high school teenagers. They venture across Black Lake to party. Um, unbeknownst to them, a mysterious sea monster lurks just beneath the surface. Um, and as it begins to dismantle their boat, uh, things go a little awry. Um, it is directed by Larry. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Fisenden. Oh, um who is known for two movies, Habit and Wendigo. Uh, Wendigo being an atmospheric horror about a Wendigo monster in the north. Um, And it was distributed by Chiller and Shot Factory. Um, And yeah, it's beneath. Um, So I guess diving right into it, um, this movie has a lot of critics online. Surprising amount of people Kind of shit on this movie when it came out.
0: Yeah, not happy about that. Um, it was compared
1: to The Room. Um, someone said it was like, "This is what happens to." This is what happens when directors have bills to pay. Um, I looked through a lot of the interviews, and I don't think the director was super happy about that criticism. or really thought that his movie was understood. Um. This movie isn't based on any of that fishhead nonsense f- sneakhead nonsense nonsense. <laughs> um this movie would you call it a parody?
0: Um I don't know I don't know if parody is the right word because I maybe a pastiche, yeah, because I feel like parody implies that the movie itself would be it's like it's not it's not cap in the woods like comedy, yep. which is very purposefully you know, saying uh, this is all like for you to laugh at this movie does, I think is a, a serious movie with, you know, that black comedy, you know, kind of, um, beneath the surface. <laughs> um, yeah. so I, I would say, yeah, I would say like pastiche or like homage even.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's a sci-fi movie that knows it's a sci-fi movie, but it's actually a chiller movie, whatever, but it knows it's in this genre of B movie. Um, And it doesn't follow the same beats or the same like it doesn't follow the same outcomes that those movies have, I guess, or the expectations that people come on, come in with. Um, Meaning that like the setup is very, very, very similar to every single sci-fi movie or B movie you've ever seen. Kids want to go to a lake. spooky old man comes out and says hey you shouldn't be doing that respect the lake (laughs) and then they got on the lake anyways and the kid on the boat's like hey uh, the kid who brought them to the lake it's like hey don't go in the water and they're like we're drunk we're going in the water and then you know all hell breaks loose so like it follows all that but the characters in in the movie aren't sci-fi movie characters um they're they have different motivations and different um, responses to the
0: situation that they're in, right? Right. They well I guess well, I guess how do I even how do I even start talking about the movie, right? It's it's the character the, the main the cast of characters, they're walking tropes. Similar yeah. in a way, I guess you could say to how um Cabin in the Woods is people who have very clear delineations of what kind of people they are like as high school or post high school students, you know, nerd, jocks, weirdo hot girl the uh, cool girl whatever kind of thing yeah and that's on purpose and the more we we watch the movie the more that that time goes on in the movie which also takes place entirely on a boat which i was almost very mad about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> halfway through the movie which because i don't yeah. i generally don't like those kind of horror movies but yeah this works out really well for for beneath um it's her tur- i mean you have a movie that turns from kind of quintessential cliche 80s like you know kids at a kids in the woods kind of thing it becomes very much the lord of the flies on a lake um and i think that's what's most interesting about it overall not even the monster which looks great by the way the fish is all practical effects it looks wonderful
1: yeah it is the fish is like a, a love letter to old uh kind of horror probably from the 80s you know like like that kind of genre um that time period and it's a big it's a big rubber puppet that people swam around in and knocked into a boat but it looks and moves really well and there's not there's like a little bit of CG when it like speeds up away but like it's for the most part it's all practical. Um so the the fish is definitely like if you love practical effects take a look at this movie because I think it looks great. Um but yeah like turning to Lord on the Lord of the flies on a boat is definitely like what happens? I, I think that a lot of people, when they watch this movie, are kind of frustrated by their characters' decisions. Like, there's a lot of decisions that these characters make, and I guess we'll go into spoilers now, that set them back pretty far. And I think, from if you were expecting to watch a generic B movie, and a generic B movie, like the characters make somewhat smart decisions to get out of their situation. In this movie, the characters make kind of really dumb decisions that are really short sighted and selfish that set them further back um and they argue a lot and they bicker a lot and eventually they start voting people off the boat yeah so they can try to like paddle back to shore faster
0: and, and not only do they start voting people off the boat they 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 do it by examining like who has the most to contribute to society if they if they were to live which yeah. I just thought, like I, I wasn't again like, another movie I wasn't expecting much from, but then halfway through it just turned the, the tonal shift, like it's so so subtle in how it goes from like you know schlocky B movie horror movie, and then becomes like this incredibly like black comedy, like dark just gallows humor. Um, I mean, I'll say it almost like um, <laughs> it's a you know message about like you know society and people and and does what, what does friendship mean and all that? Um that just like I don't I don't know what these reviewers are talking about because I think it works like overall. It's not perfect by any means, but that those scenes where they have to literally convince each other that they should live and not die is just it's great. Like I haven't you don't see that often in a horror movie where people are self-aware enough to know like hey maybe it would be better if I Baited myself or sacrificed myself because this person obviously does more than I do in the world at large, um, and that the whole thing kind of sticks with it up until the end, where the, yep. the the last survivor, the final girl, who actually becomes the last girl, um, you know, the or I should say the last the last guy, final guy, uh, he is forced back into the horror of the lake because the lake was not done with him yet.
1: Yeah. And like, by the way, just, we have to mention this. He is the old man in the movie who appears at the beginning and the end is Tio Salamanca from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> adds, adds a lot to this for me because I love seeing him and, you know, at the end he provides this kind of like voiceover narration. One of the petty characters from the movie eventually like basically by almost killing and betraying everyone else makes it out of the lake. Um, kind of gets his comeuppance from uh, Mark Magullis, uh And he says, you know, yeah, why don't you get back in that lake? Um, <laughs> which is very disappointing to that character because he's going to die. Um, everyone dies
0: in this movie, actually. Um, uh, another kind of surprise, I was expecting at least one person to live.
1: So, yeah, it, it kind of speaks to the unredeemable characters and nature of um, everyone involved. Uh, so the, the the lead kind of protagonist, there really isn't a protagonist, but the one guy, I think his name's Johnny, Yeah. Um, he takes them to this lake so they could go party on an island or whatever across the lake, but he knows that there's a fish in the lake, and he has like a necklace that'll protect himself, and he tries to give it to his love interest who is currently dating someone else on the boat. And essentially what happens from then on out uh, is he knows everything's going to go wrong, but he brought them there anyways. And he sees everything going wrong, and he's, he's kind of trying to stop it. He's saying, like, hey, maybe you don't get in the water. Uh, hey, maybe it's getting late. Maybe we should get going, guys. Um, but he doesn't actually tell them that, hey, there's a giant fish monster in the lake, so maybe don't. Um, and he has a fake-out death. in the. You know, they vote him off the boat. He survives because he's got this tooth necklace. He comes back for them <laughs> and with his other boat that he finds which is actually in the movie. If you look at um, Mark Golis's character, the old man, he's working on a boat. So you guys, he takes that boat.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So he comes back, he throws him a rope, the fish bumps the boat and the rope goes around his neck. He gets strangled. And he dies. Um, so he's like the protagonist and he's trying to do good things, but he's still not exactly
0: what you would call like a good guy yeah i i would almost say uh, so there's so another thing i appreciate about this movie going into that is um the fact that it it doesn't outright tell you like anything about like doesn't tell you straight up like oh this this is this or this is what this means yep. or like the monster we never know why there's a man eating catfish in this lake or why why nope. the catfish we, we we cut we just don't know if johnny the I guess you call him the first main character. Yeah. Why why he would not number one tell his quote unquote friends there's a killer fish in this lake, that number two, he believes in it. Number three, did he bring them there on purpose? <laughs> did he want this to happen?
1: Yeah. It,
0: it's all kind of up in the air for you know, you as a viewer to be like, holy shit, like, yeah, this yeah. Oh yeah, that's probably what was happening. And I really, yeah. really like that part about just like how all these people you know are just very bad people (laughs) overall they're not good people no matter how much good they may do in the movie or how much is implied johnny just wants to hook up with you know this girl he liked from high school and he's willing to do anything to do it everyone else in the movie like clearly does not give a shit about each other the only good person in the movie a good teenager in the movie is is you know maybe the woman who first dies because as, right. as far as we know, you we know nothing know, about her, you know nothing about her and no one really has a bad thing to say about her after she passes away. So, you know, it's I, I like that. I like the fact that these are just kind of like shitty people who do shitty things to each other.
1: Yeah, uh, Like it's uh, and I think uh, like a pessimistic person says like, oh, that's very true to life. You know, people are shitty and they do shitty things to each other. Yeah, um, maybe a smarter movie would have made. It uh, maybe made a little more hints at Johnny like being the guy who brought them there to like kill that guy and then like get the girl. Yeah. Um That I think maybe that like pushes the movie a little bit too far into like parodying because it's kind of a funny idea. It's like, oh yeah, let's go to this lake so I can push you in
0: a fishy. <laughs> dude. And like,
1: like, and I think one of the things, the black humor and stuff like that, it, um it, the monster is kind of tied up in that. Like, like you could have easily made this a shark movie you could have easily made this any other slasher um and choosing like a fish is it's kind of a dumb idea it's a big catfish it's kind of silly um but it kind of plays into this like black comedy like there's a really slow death coming from a fish that doesn't move very fast honestly it like kind of lumbers around in the water and it kind of slowly eats their paddles and then slowly breaks their boat yeah um but it's not like like a shark movie the, you know, a shark comes out and just like destroys your boat and everyone's swimming, you know. It's like very quick, fast, and visceral. It's not very slow. And I think that like the monster choice is really smart for that. Um, it also lends itself to what the movie's going towards. So I think that was a really smart choice by the director um to like go in that direction. So I, I like that. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I I was gonna say I I I do enjoy the fact that of all things it is a, a catfish, like if if you've seen a catfish, this looks like the like the dumbest fish like on the planet. It just looks like yep. something that you know fell off the, the fish tree too early, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh but like it's it is it is the ultimate harbinger of doom for these people and whoever comes to this lake that don't respect it. Um and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's you know, I I I was not expecting like a horror like the sense of horror to come from this but i think the fact that it is such like a harmless looking or at least based on a harmless kind of looking fish uh heightens it you know it's always the things that scare that scare us more right it's the things that we we believe are this but actually that kind of thing um and it's it's well done with that i mean again the the monster is not the the monster quote-unquote in this movie it's it's the The, the friends, the teenagers—they right. are the monsters here. The the fish just exist; it's part of nature.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's one thing. Like in movies like Jaws, Jaws really hints at like the shark being one really big and two kind of smart and clever in the way that it's like approaching how it kills people and where it is and blah blah blah. And it kind of hints at it being smarter than just an animal. But in this movie, it is just a dumb fish. Like whatever goes in the water, it just attacks. And whether it's like an inanimate object or whether it's a human being, um, it just attacks whatever. So it, it makes it like primal. It's like, well, it doesn't hate us. It's just mad.
0: Yeah. And I, li- I, I, another like kind of horror movie idea I like about, or another movie, another, what do you call it? Like theme I like in horror movies like that is where yep. it's like, of course, yeah, the killer is there to kill you, but it's almost like the killer is, you know, the monster or whatever it is, the antagonist, it's like part of the environment. It's not yeah. it's not personal to it or whatever it is. You are in its way. And unfortunately that means you have to get out of its way. The real issue is the people that you're there with, the people that brought you there, the people that you're that you care about, people that you don't care about, all that stuff. That's what I, I always love when horror movies like like do that kind of stuff. And for for again, for a, this is a made for TV movie, essentially for like yep. a, like a sci-fi spin-off channel and it, it, it manages to do that pretty well.
1: It's way better than it deserves to be. Like it, it really
0: is. Like this
1: this is like I would say this is like an honest A-class B-movie. Um this is as good as you can get to being an a list movie uh with with being a B-movie. Uh, any better and it's actually a movie. And it, it reminds me of like a lot of like the isolation stuff and one of the fly stuff reminds me of like a lot of the undersea movies of the late, um, I think it's 1980, like eighteen, nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. 1989, 1990. Mm-hmm. You get like a Leviathan, you get like deep star six where it's like claustrophobic, all these characters, like under the water in small spaces, you get the feeling like they, they know each other and they're willing to kind of step on each other to get out. Cause it's just, there's so much pressure on like, Hey, we're in this dangerous scenario. Yeah. So it really does like, harken back to a lot of those movies so if you like those movies you like this movie as well uh, although it's definitely not under
0: the sea it's above the water yeah the the title definitely i mean it's pretty on the nose i think the title is definitely hinting yeah. at the the things that are beneath the surface of all these people's friendships um but like i said i i really do think it works it's not perfect by any means and i i definitely want to stress like this isn't uh, like a 10 out of 10 horror movie or even the yeah. horror movie it's well done it, it succeeds what it's trying to do, but it's not, I don't think it's going to like rock your socks off or anything like that. Um, it is a, a very, is a, it's a slightly above average, like B horror movie. Right. Yeah. Above average
1: for sure. So I guess I've said everything I should say about beneath one last question, Dave, do you, do you recommend beneath for the
0: audience? hundred, hundred percent. But I, I want to stress, you have to, I think people should go in with like, the right mindset and i know there's it's it's very shitty to say like you know watch a movie right but i just i hate people who like watch especially movies like this where they're like wow this sucks the characters were dumb why did they do this it's like you you weren't watching the movie correctly this there's a clear like idea that beneath is trying to express and if you don't get it it's not because you're dumb it's maybe it's because the movie doesn't express it well um, you know, I mentioned, we mentioned before the, the, the shift in tone is very, very subtle. You almost, you almost wouldn't notice it, but yep. this ultimately is like a incredibly dark, like comedy, um, slash drama, uh, more than is a horror movie. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're watching. Yeah, if,
1: if you didn't get like starship troopers and what that movie was trying to do, there's zero chance you'll understand beneath. Just, yeah. You're just hopeless. Um, So I would recommend Beneath, if you're, like, I'm a big sci-fi movie channel fan. Not saying I like these movies, but I think there's something special about them. If you've watched a lot of B-Horror movies, you really like monster movies, and you want to see a movie that does something unique and different, you're going to love this movie. Like, it it, it is totally and wholly itself. Um, If you like the director, I mean, Wendigo is probably a little bit, I don't know if it's a better movie, but it's more atmospheric than this movie. Um, so, um, I like, I like to say like, like, if you're a monster movie fan, um, you know, if you can't handle me at my beneath then you don't deserve me at my jaws. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's what it is, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, so I guess on that note, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, well, we're probably review something other than two fish movies. That that's it. I
0: hope. I hope so. I mean, look, I love fish, but how much do you love fish? I love eating them like once or twice a week. Too much mercury. That would be
1: idea for our horror movie. Like some guy ate too much fish, right? Starts to mutate. Yeah. Okay. Mercury poisoning, maybe makes him a little crazy. Well, we'll we'll, we'll think about it. Uh, Well, next time we'll watch something different than two fish movies. Maybe even something good or something significantly worse.
0: But in the end, we will think it is good. Yes, because we're programmed to do that. (laughs) All right. See you later, Dave. All right. See you, Matt.